Howdy, and welcome to another episode of Wise About Texas, your award-winning Texas history podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wise. I want to thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate it. When we were last together, I told you the story of Sister Maria de Greta, the Lady in Blue, who claims to have bilocated to Texas in the 17th century. Well, I've had some great feedback on that wonderful story. I certainly appreciate it. It's a fascinating story. So if you haven't heard episode 78, go back and check out The Lady in Blue. This podcast is being released in February 2020. So we are right in the middle of the high holy days of Texas history, the 184th anniversary of the Texas Revolution. But some news came out the other day that caused me to interrupt one episode I was working on related to the revolution and start working on this one. It relates to a war just a little later in time and a little bigger in scale than the Revolution. But of course, it involves a Texan. You see, one morning, a man from Waco, Texas, was on duty as a mess attendant in the U.S. Navy aboard the USS West Virginia. About 7.55 that morning, the alarm sounded for general quarters. The sailor heard airplanes, explosions, chaos. It was December 7th. 1941 at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, and mess attendant second class Dory Miller sprung into action. Doris Miller was born near Waco, Texas in October 1919 to Henrietta and Connery Miller. He had three brothers, and the story goes that the midwife assisting in his birth was sure that the baby would be a girl and gave the baby the name Doris, which stuck even though it turned out to be a boy. His parents were sharecroppers, and Dory, I'm going to call him Dory because that's what he went by later in his life, enlisted in the Navy. He enlisted in 1939 to get off the farm and see the world. Well, he was assigned to the USS West Virginia, which was a Colorado-class dreadnought battleship. It's similar to the USS Texas, not quite the same. And Dory was a big guy, and he became the heavyweight boxing champion on the ship, which is not bad on a ship of 2,000 sailors, and uh, I have to imagine that he was a little tougher just growing up as a boy with the name Doris, uh, as Johnny Cash reminded us in his famous song about a boy named Sue, but in any event, for whatever reason, he was a great boxer. His rank was mess attendant third class, and his duties as a mess attendant would include waiting the tables at the juniors' officers' mess, shining shoes and making beds, and that was really all he could do was be a mess attendant or a cook, and it wasn't because that was all he was capable of doing, but it was because he was black. You see, the Navy was segregated in the 1940s. Blacks could serve as mess attendants and cooks, but they weren't allowed to practice with or fire any weapons of any kind. They could, however, handle ammunition, so if battle stations were ordered, they could support the gunners, but they couldn't be a gunner. The Navy said at the time that keeping the races apart including for meals and accommodations, so in other words, it totally segregated, was, in the Navy's words, quote, in the best interest of general ship efficiency, close quote. Well, there's another military quote from a Prussian field marshal who said this, quote, no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy, close quote. We could adapt that to say that no segregation policy does either because enemy bombs are colorblind. 
interrupt this broadcast and bring you this important bulletin from the United Press. Flash, Washington. The White House announces Japanese attack. Yesterday, December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy, the United States of America was suddenly and deliberately attacked by naval and air forces of the Empire of Japan. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is familiar with the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. What happened that morning, December 7th, 1941, changed world history. Dory Miller was on duty that day. He had been assigned as a mess attendant on the battleship USS West Virginia, and he was collecting laundry somewhere in the bowels of that great battleship the morning of December 7th, and right before 8 o'clock, the alarm sounded, and everyone was ordered to battle stations. Miller rushed to his battle station, which was an anti-aircraft battery located amidships. The West Virginia was moored in Battleship Row, that now famous location with the USS Arizona, the Oklahoma, the Maryland, the California, and the Tennessee, also the Nevada. They were all lined up with the West Virginia, which of course made an easy and attractive target for the enemy attack. The West Virginia was hit that morning by three torpedoes at least. The ultimate total, it would turn out, was six and two bombs. The magazine Miller was assigned to was too damaged to function. The executive officer's report of the West Virginia reported three severe shocks, followed by the ship beginning to list severely to starboard as much as 25 degrees. At least that was the executive officer's estimate. And that executive officer was on the quarterdeck when he witnessed the massive explosion aboard the USS Arizona that killed over a 1,000 men. Well, the West Virginia began to right herself, but she was on fire. And despite the damage, her batteries were still firing back at the Japanese planes. So Dory Miller rushed onto deck. Because of his size and his strength, he was ordered to assist the wounded, which included the captain of the West Virginia, a guy named Mervyn Binion. Captain Binion had been severely wounded, but he refused Miller's help. Captain Binion held his wound closed with one hand while continuing to command his crew, refusing to leave his post. That would cost Captain Binion his life as he bled to death on the bridge of the West Virginia, earning in the process posthumously the Congressional Medal of Honor. So Miller helped other men. He carried many men to safety when he noticed an unmanned 50 caliber anti-aircraft machine gun Despite not being allowed to fire it and not being trained to fire it, Dory Miller engaged with the weapon and started firing at an incoming Japanese aircraft. Eventually, he ran out of ammunition, and the order had been given to abandon ship, so Miller got off. Here's how Miller described his actions. Quote, It wasn't hard. I just pulled the trigger and she worked fine. I had watched the others with these guns. I guess I fired her for about 15 minutes. I think I got one of those Jap planes. They were diving pretty close to us, close quote. Miller would later claim as many as four kills on Japanese aircraft, but there's no way to know for sure, and that's really not the point. The point is, Dory Miller went above and beyond his duty as a mess attendant and did what he could do without ever being trained or told to defend his ship. Now, I mentioned that Captain Binion got the Medal of Honor for his bravery, but what about Dory Miller? Well, the 1940s were different times. After Pearl Harbor, the radio reports and the newspaper stories about the actions 
aboard the West Virginia referred to this, quote, an unnamed Negro messman hero, close quote. They didn't even say his name, and they probably didn't know it at the time. But finally, three months after Pearl Harbor, a newspaper in Pittsburgh, it was called the Pittsburgh Courier, the Pittsburgh Courier served Pittsburgh's black community, discovered Dory Miller's name, and reported it. The headline of that paper reads, and this is March 14, 1942, quote, Messman Hero Revealed, close quote. And on the front page is a picture of Miller and a picture of his girlfriend, Moselle Alexander. The story subheadline says, quote, Mess attendant turned machine gun on Japanese, close quote. By the way, when you look at the front page of that paper, that story appears right above a story about a grand jury investigating a lynching in Missouri. Well, Miller became an instant celebrity. Both houses of Congress had bills to award him the Medal of Honor, but the Secretary of the Navy at the time objected. Miller was awarded a letter of commendation on April 1st, 1942, but that wasn't good enough for the president. President Roosevelt ordered the Navy to award Miller the Navy Cross, which is its highest commendation for bravery. He would be the first black man to receive the Navy's highest honor. The commander of the Pacific Fleet and fellow Texan, Admiral Chester Nimitz of Fredericksburg, pinned the medal on Dory Miller's chest, and Nimitz, Nimitz said this about Miller, quote, This marks the first time in this conflict that such high tribute has been made in the Pacific Fleet to a member of his race, and I'm sure the future will see others similarly honored for brave acts, close quote. Miller spent a brief time on the USS Indianapolis, but he returned quickly to the U.S., given his celebrity, and since he was a celebrity, the Navy put him to work as a recruiter and a war bond salesman. He traveled all over the country, and he became known as, quote, the first American hero of World War II, close quote. Not the first African-American hero, the first American hero, period. He was even featured on a Navy recruiting poster. He eventually got, he was promoted to ship's cook third class, and then eventually promoted to petty officer third class. But we were still at war, and the Navy needed Dory Miller. Indeed, the country needed Dory Miller. So he was assigned to the escort carrier USS Linscombe Bay in August of 1943. He was part of the commissioning crew for that ship also. The Linscombe Bay was in the Pacific Theater, participating in the invasion of the Gilbert Islands. It was November 24, 1943. About 5.10 that morning, a torpedo from a Japanese submarine struck the Linscombe Bay behind the engine room, and that blast detonated the bomb magazine, which resulted in a huge explosion and mushroom cloud, basically blew off the rear of that ship. Shrapnel was reported as far as 5,000 yards away. Now, that's almost three miles, so it was a massive explosion. The explosion also spilled gasoline in the water, which caught fire. The ship went down in minutes, and Dory Miller made the ultimate sacrifice on behalf of his country. He was honored not only with the Navy Cross, but many schools and parks and buildings were named for him. In his native Waco, in fact, there's a Dory Miller Park. Later, in 1971, the keel was laid for a new destroyer escort. It was named the USS Miller, and it was sponsored by Dory Miller's mother, Henrietta. The USS Miller was commissioned on June 30. 1973 at the Norfolk Naval Shipyard. 
She was equipped with all the most modern anti-submarine warfare capability. But eventually, the USS Miller was decommissioned in 1991. Dory Miller had a very significant impact on the U.S. Navy even after his death. In the early 1943, a year and a half or so after his heroics at Pearl Harbor, the Navy graduated its first black officers, known today as the Golden 13. The Marines later commissioned their first black officer in 1945, and finally, in 1948, President Truman desegregated the military. There's no doubt that Dory Miller's heroism brought that issue to the forefront. Well, while naming a destroyer escort after Miller was certainly appropriate, there were bigger things to come. In 2001, the Texas Senate adopted a resolution urging the U.S. Congress to award Miller the Congressional Medal of Honor. That's not all. This episode is being released, as I mentioned, in February 2020. Well, on January 20th, 2020, about a month ago on Martin Luther King Day, the Navy announced its newest aircraft carrier, the USS Doris Miller, CVN-81. A Ford-class carrier, the Doris Miller is the first aircraft carrier named for an enlisted man and the first one named for a black man. That carrier will project American power and Dory Miller's legacy of heroism for decades to come. Dory Miller, a Texas War hero. Now we come to the part of the episode I call Getting There. Uh, Dory Miller was lost at sea, so his memorial, he's remembered in Honolulu, Hawaii, at the National Memorial Cemetery. And that uh, cemetery is also called the Punch Bowl because it's located inside a dormant volcano and there are several walls there called the Courts of the Missing and Dory Miller's name appears there. A statue of Dory Miller stands proudly on the banks of the Brazos in his native Waco and you can see the Dory Miller Memorial in Bledsoe Miller Park at 300 North Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard in Waco, Texas. Well that wraps it up for another episode of Wise About Texas. Thanks for tuning in today for a little Texas history. We're going to get a Another episode, the next episode will relate to the Texas Revolution, so stay tuned for that. Uh, Go to the Wise About Texas Facebook page and give us a like. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Wise About Texas. And if you're interested in helping to preserve and promote Texas history, go to patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash Wise About Texas, and you can find a way to participate in the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in today. Go out and do something for Texas. Until next time, God bless Texas, and we'll see you down the road.